Welcome to the Monday morning show. It's Ryan Hensley. Ryan G. Hensley. Excuse me. G. I'm Grant Lawrence Cohn. What's the G stand for again? Go no, wait. Hold oh. on. No one's going to guess it. You got to remember. I told you. I think you're the only you one told that told me. I don't know if I want this on Front Street, bro. They're like, they're yeah, it's like not my, yes, that's not on me. You have to say it yourself. Let's just, let's just say the G stands for none of your damn business. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It was the Kyle Shanahan show today. We got a lot to talk about, Kyle. Um, Ryan's going to be the voice of reason today. I'm going to go hard. I'm going to say things that people probably aren't ready to hear. So my method of saying it is to do it NPR style. When I, when I'm, when I know I'm going to say something that's going to piss you off about Kyle, I'm just going to whisper it <clears throat> and I'm going to make sure they're all calm and that I'm not trying to piss you off or I'm going to whisper the controversial shit. How you doing? Uh, man, I'm doing great, man. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm ready for yeah. a training camp though. Training camp would be nice. I'm looking forward to that. I, I gotta say when there's like no football going on like this time yeah. of the year. I don't know what to do with myself. Like, I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> like, I have no, I, I'm so happy that there, we have a show today and it's Monday. Like, yeah. geez, weekends are tough, man. I'm just like looking out in my backyard trying to think, who am I today? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's, let's get to Kyle, but like, let's go in a roundabout way. There was a really interesting stat posted by Sharp. What's that dude's name? Warren Sharp? Sharp Warren Analytics? Sapp. Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp? Warren Sharp. Not the football player. It's Warren Sapp. football player? Football player, yeah. Hey, Warren Sapp. Uh, yeah. Okay, you, I already messed it up, so why don't you take it from here? Yeah, so basically uh, Warren Sapp posted a statistic um, online in, in regards to teams. No, it's Warren Sharp. Is it Warren Sharp? <laughs> Warren Sharp. Sharp oh. football. All right. It's Warren Sharp. We got that right. Here it is. Oh, I messed it up. I messed it up. That's I thought right. Warren Sapp. He always, Warren Sapp always posts these great statistics. So no, I it's Warren Sharp. You've been okay. thinking it was Warren Sapp the whole time, but it's a white guy and he's got like a mustache. <laughs> Not Warren Sapp. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> yeah. So this anyway, <laughs> uh, but Warren Sapp does post great statistics. Warren Sapp, Warren Sharp says he, he kind of he listed like the NFL, the percentage of drives that score points when they were losing in the second half. Top of that list are your Cincinnati Bengals. Kansas City Chiefs. They're really good at scoring. If they're down in the second half, they're the top two in the NFL. And the 49ers are towards the bottom. Uh, there's only – they're tied with Pittsburgh all the way at the bottom. The only teams worse were like the Jets, Chicago, Arizona, Denver, Philly, Rams. Philly. Philly was weird. Philly's very like interesting. Yeah. No, it's interesting. That is interesting. That is not a fluke. I feel like all those teams are built to score early, take a lead, and then win with their D lines. I think they're built that way. That's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. 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 Hmm. You would you hmm. would think that Philly wouldn't be on this list because they do have Jalen Hurts. Um, but maybe there's a little bit of maybe the Jalen Hurts story isn't what we think it is. Maybe it's, it's possible. It's based around this roster, their ability to score quickly. They have the best offensive line in the league. Yeah. I mean, they're always winning. When they're winning, they're really tough to come back against, as the Niners saw, because now you're trying to drop back against that D-line. Um, I would ask, though, like, how often was Philly even trailing in the second half? Really? That's a good point. That's Did that point. even happen last year? It may have, I mean, it might have happened a little bit, but they barely lost. Probably the same thing with the Niners. But I think what's so important about this is if you're going to be a team that beats the, the Chiefs, the one team that's really been had some success against, some success against the Chiefs in the playoffs is Cincinnati. Yeah. And... Both those are the teams that can score the quickest from any point in the game. You're down three touchdowns, ten, you're down ten points. Who cares? I can score really fast. Chiefs did it in 
they did it against the Eagles. They did it against the Niners. They were down 10 in the second half of both of those games. And they're like, meanwhile, if Kyle's down like three points in the second half. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then third on the list was the Bills. So mm-hmm. was, was, if you look at these top three teams, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Buffalo Bills, what do they have in common? Elite quarterbacks. Well, uh-huh. Elite quarterbacks, right? Yeah. So it, it shows you that those three teams, those three quarterbacks, when the chips are down and they need to come back and win the game, that elite quarterback comes into play. Yeah. And that's why you need one because there are teams in the league that have them that also have good rosters. Well, meanwhile, the Niners are trying to talk themselves into, you know, the last pick in the draft being good enough for them. And while he might be to a point, they're never going to have this type of a quick strike offense in the second half down points against good defenses uh, that they need. And that's been the argument that people like you and I have been making for for a while now. At least I know I, I have, man. I've seen you've been making it as well. It's just without like when you when you go to the playoffs and you play these really good teams, it, you can't do the things that you did in the regular season versus these mediocre teams. You you have to be able to fight your way back, come back, score uh, when you're down. And you know we saw the 49ers try to do it with Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl. And they were unable to. And so this is the right. thing that's been missing from the 49ers. Offensive line, elite quarterback play. This is what's been missing. And this is what scares me about going into this season as well, to be honest. And, like, it's it's how the Niners are built. It's not <clears> – <throat> I don't think it's something they can necessarily overcome. It's just something that they live with. The right center, right guard, right tackle are all there for what they do in, as run blockers. They don't really value pass protection. The Niners aren't super invested in quarterback. They are a team that's built to get a lead, run the ball. Like, their offense, no matter how much talent they put on their offense, because of their offensive line, their quarterback, their offense is complimentary. It's all about chewing up the clock. Yeah. Like, are you kidding? The best offenses aren't in the league aren't about chewing up the clock. If you have McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, and all these, you should be able to just say, it doesn't matter how much time we have the ball. We're going to score 40 this week. We're just going to score 40, and you're going to lose. That's the kind of stuff Kansas City can do. The Niners should be able to do it, but because of their O-line and quarterback play, their offense is secondary, secondary, crazy. Particular, particularly the drop back passing game, right? Like in these situations when you're down, you have to be able to drop back and pass, right? And if you don't have the offensive line to protect the quarterback or the quarterback that's able to do that or the, a coach or an offense in general that's used to doing it, that's one of the things like I, I know I, I'm no Jimmy Garoppolo defender, but if you never ask a quarterback to do something, until the most important moment of his career in the Super Bowl. Uh, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we need to do, we need to score quickly. It's not really fair to Jimmy Garoppolo, if I'm being honest, right? It, it, this is why I say it's so important that the 49ers incorporate this throughout the season. So it's part of their offense. So they're all used to doing it. The receivers, tight ends, the offensive line, and particularly the quarterback. It has to be, you know, two to four times a game, they got to take deep shots. They got to be able to just mm-hmm. take a drop, drop back pass right they, they don't really do that and what's crazy is it's never been easier to drop back and pass in the nfl all the rules benefit the offense i mean yeah d lines are really good but you can't touch the quarterback you can't touch the wide receivers you can't breathe on them yeah you should be able to drop back and pass but kyle is sort of stuck in his dad's scheme which was really built in the 90s yeah. during an era with totally different rules where a run game could really protect your quarterback from getting blown up. Like Steve Young got blown up. A big reason Steve Young took so many hits is the Niners didn't have consistent running back play in the, in the mid-90s after Ricky Waters. 
A lot has changed since then. Yeah. And I feel like Kyle, even though he's looked at as being cutting edge, like the principles of his offense are kind of conservative. Like we run the ball. Right. It's like, okay, well, your commitment to running the ball, which is super noble, puts your quarterback in peril late in the season when yeah. you fall behind and have yeah. to throw. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is we look at like I bring this stat up all the time, but the last four or five Super Bowl winners had over four thousand yards passing during the season, forty plus touchdown no passes during the season, no right? Flip. So they're used to doing it throughout the season. They're able to do it throughout the season, and good things happen when you attack deep down the sidelines. It's either it either goes out of bounds most of the time, or you connect, which is great, or it's a pass interference, and you get 40, 50 yards without doing anything. And even if you you don't even throw it, but they know that you can do it and they respect it, then you back off the defense. You you create space. Yeah. And and like with the playmakers the Niners have, the, the guys who can get yards after the catch, if you had a quarterback who could in an offensive line, it's because it's not just the quarterback, it's the offensive line too, that could actually allow that could actually threaten defenses like every blade of grass grass. Yeah. Then you wouldn't need Kyle Shanahan and his genius. They'd just be scoring a bunch of points because you can't defend all of that. But yeah. you can because the ball comes out quick and the quarterback doesn't get a ball on the field. So it's like, there's a, I, I call it a tennis court. Yeah. The Niners play offense on a tennis court. Well, they do. I mean, and, yeah. people got mad at me for saying Brock Purdy was dink and dunk. It, and it's really just Kyle Shannon's offense is dink and dunk. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because of Brock Purdy necessarily as much as it is just the way that he designs his offense. It's all dink and dunk. Now, maybe if you had a quarterback that could extend. That's what John Gruden was like. Right. That's what John Gruden was like. And to me, that's like a hallmark of a micromanager. Like, I don't trust you to throw the ball more than five yards. Yeah. Like, I'm going to give you stuff that I could do, essentially. Don't mess it up. That's the kind of the attitude that Gruden had back in the day. And I think Kyle has. Like, man, it's not that hard. Don't mess it up. It's like, well, thanks that, for the vote of confidence, coach. And thanks yeah. for being such a micromanager and telling me where to throw and how to throw and what to think and how to feel and all that. And but other Kyle than that, started, I love it. Kyle started in your position as quality control for our Buccaneers, yeah. John Gruden. So maybe a little that's bit of true. that wore off on him. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people compare Kyle to his dad, but really, I mean, the guys who groomed him in the NFL, that's a strange word to use, but yeah, they, they groomed him. Um, John Gruden, Gary Kubiak, those two. Yeah. What quarterbacks did they ever develop? Rich Gannon, late, Matt Shaw, like those kind of guys. And that's yeah. the kind of guys that Kyle likes. Brian Greasy. Yeah. You know, the, the backups that the rest of the league didn't appreciate. Like, oh, mm-hmm, sweet. I, I mean, there's a place for those guys, but yeah. they're not elite. What's funny, what's funny about Kyle is like, you know, he's tied to Chris Sims. That was one. I think that was the second quarterback he worked with. The first quarterback he ever worked with was Brian Greasy. So Mm -hmm. it's funny. Those that's where those ties come from Mm -hmm. way back in the day. Yeah. Papa Phil says Harbaugh always put quarterback and O-line first. Good head coaches do. I mean, it's the most important two positions. I would agree. Uh, Mui says, I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm going to go with Mui. says, you never know what's going to happen in any season, but I really don't know what's going to happen this season because of the quarterback loss of talent, new DC. Yeah, tougher uh, schedule too. But they have McCaffrey. I mean, they're such a good team. Yeah. You could say on paper they should be expected to win the Super Bowl. You could say that if you believe in Brock, if you believe in McKivitz. All right, let's talk about this. Has Kyle Shanahan discovered and developed a quarterback? Um, He's an offensive genius. He gets a lot of credit. Has he done this, though? So I've looked through everything, and I don't see anybody that he has discovered. Maybe uh, he's maybe discovered – I don't know. When he, when he went over to Houston, they at the same time he was made the quarterback coach, that's when they traded for uh, Matt Schopp, or that's when they signed Yeah, Matt. but Gary Kubiak was a quarterback and a quarterback coach. I, yeah. 
I, I would have to give Gary Kubiak some credit for that. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know yeah. who's responsible. Like, I also, want, I Matt I Schaub. Know. Yeah. <laughs> well, he wasn't that Kyle good. Kyle was like, I want Matt Schaub. I don't, I don't, I, I've never heard any reports. Even when Schaub was putting up numbers, he was not that good. Right. Right. No. Right. I'm sorry. No, he was. It was the scheme. His first year with Kyle, he was 15 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. They went eight and eight. Second year, he did get improved 29 touchdowns, 15. Or his first year, he was 19, nine touchdowns, nine interceptions. They were eight and eight. Second year, mm-hmm. 15 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, eight and eight. Third year, he did improve 29 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. One thing about Kyle, I, I will say, is I think he, just like right now, they didn't even go to the playoffs, though. Just saying. They did not. But that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. One, one thing about Kyle that he does do well is that he dials up receivers wide open so it's possible he's putting play action yeah he's putting he's putting quarterbacks in in in, you know easy passing situations for the dink and dunk passing game yeah um and so he does have that but did he but but, uh, real quick like like that play action stuff isn't that like first half first down second down early in the game you know what i mean like when you're down 10 in the second half it's like no one's going to react to your run fakes but keep going because no draw back passing game Right, right, but it, but it, but it works because they have the number one defense, so they're not losing by ten in the second half very much. Right, right. If he can get up in front of you, run the ball, yep. control the clock, hold you That's on defense, win. he's going to win you a lot of ball. Beat games. you up, yes. But if if you, you tell any of his quarterbacks, any of his teams, go out and win the game. We're down by ten. We need to drop, just attack in a passing game. He's, he's he's never shown that. And it's like, why did he call that deep shot on the first drive of the game against Philly? Well, they were down seven. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like he knew he knows that both of those teams are built to play from ahead. Yes. Philly got the got the lead first for two reasons. Kyle deferred on the road because he yeah. always does, and then he didn't challenge the fourth down. He yeah. could have got the ball back zero zero, but he didn't. Down seven. I think he got. A, I'm not going to say he panicked, but I think he got a little nervous and was like, "I can't. We got to get. We got to even the game up right now. Right now. You know, and we're not it, built it, to play from behind. Neither are they." It's a strange thing, honestly, because it's not uh, their trademark. Maybe they should have just stuck with what they're, you know, what they're usually doing because that's what they're used to. Again, they're not used to doing the drop back pass game, and that was a play action, right? So, how? You, but how? Come back to our original point. How do you actually develop a quarterback if you're not really protecting him or emphasizing drop back passing? If it's all play action, then it's all you, Kyle. Yeah, it's all you. It's all these schemed up plays on first and second down, but really, where quarterbacks make. Uh, their money and show that they're elite are the things they do on third down and in the red zone. And that's why people like Brock Purdy is because when your plays don't necessarily work, instead of, you know, Jimmy, who just like throws an interception and says, it's your fault, Kyle, like Brock holds onto the ball and runs around and makes something happen on his own. We all like that. And your number one coaching point was to stop doing that so much. Of course it was, Kyle. Of course it was. That's what we don't like about you. Yeah, it's definitely respectfully. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, moving forward See? after that, yeah. he went to Washington. Big. I, I just read that article in regards he dis- to Donovan. He discovered Kirk Cousins. We'll give him that. Well, before that, Donovan McNabb and him had that big clash, right? I yep. think we, time. We, we talked about that, or I think I talked about yeah. it on my show, but Donovan McNabb and him had problems. I guess it's apparently Donovan McNabb had the best drive of the season for Washington, and it's because he went off script. And Kyle Shannon, immediately after the best drive of the season, was quoted as saying he'll never take another snap from me again. Yeah. Wow. Because he went off screen. Wow. Guy had been to so many Pro Bowls and like, wow. Yeah. And he was like 30, Kyle. Younger than than McNabb. Yeah. Let's go to Cousins for a second because yeah. that's Kyle's crown jewel. Kyle mm-hmm. wanted him 
earlier in the draft and was adamant about taking him. And Kirk Cousins has become a perennial Pro Bowl quarterback. But, so he discovered Kirk, for sure. Did he develop Kirk? He had Kirk for like... Four games. Two years. Two years? Four games. Four games. Four games, right? Kind of like with Trey. And his numbers were awful. Worse than Trey's. So to me, it's kind of like, let's say Trey leaves the Niners, goes somewhere else, plays well. Would Kyle get credit for developing Trey? Because that's kind of what happened with Kirk. Kyle left. Sean McVay becomes the offensive coordinator. And all of a sudden, Kirk takes off. So I would look at that as Kirk, uh, uh, as Sean McVay developing Kirk Cousins, not Kyle. Just like someone else might develop Trey Lance, but not Kyle. You can't call Kirk Cousins being developed by Kyle Shannon in four games. And the, honestly, the, the, quarter, the, the quarterback that played the best for him in Washington was RG3. And that, yeah. that's a Apparently knew who, who he wanted, right? And he definitely didn't develop RG3. He kind of ruined his career. Ruined him. Uh, Ran yeah. him too much, which yeah. is it's like which foreshadowed his tenure as a head coach. Because really, when he was with Washington, it kind of seemed like he was the head coach. Like Mike was like, hey, man, Kyle, whatever you want to do, I'm not going to say no. Um, right. And they had a lot of the same issues they're having now. He's having now as head coach. Yes. When he was in Atlanta and Houston, he was not the head coach. There was some oversight and Wow, the head, the quarterback stayed healthy. Funny how that yeah. goes. Yeah, I mean, so, if you want to talk about Matt Ryan, here's the thing is like, you know, people always say that he developed him into an MVB quarterback, and he was good. Pro Bowls. He's been multiple Pro Bowls. I mean, the year that they went to the Pro Bowl, he had 4,944 yards, 39 touchdowns, seven interceptions, which was good. Mm-hmm. They went to the Super Bowl, biggest Super Bowl loss comeback in history, right? But the season yeah. before that uh, – Kyle Shannon got there. He got there in 2015, um, right. 21 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 4,500 yards. But even the season before he got there, he actually played, had more yards and more touchdowns and less interceptions than when Kyle Shannon got there. In 2014, Matt Ryan had 4,694 yards, 28 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. So he actually had a better year than the season when Kyle Shannon first got there in 2016. And then the following year, he did play well. Uh, but, I mean, they had a ton of weapons in Atlanta. So I, he definitely didn't discover Matt Ryan. Um, he did put him in a good position that Super Bowl year to win the game, but he kind of blew it in the Super Bowl, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we say he developed Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan was already thrown for 4,000-plus yards before Kyle Shanahan got there. Did he develop Jimmy Garoppolo? To, into what? <laughs> I don't That's know. what I'm saying. Like yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo spent a lot of years with Josh McDaniels. Uh, yeah. He came here. Had success right away. Like, was that McDaniels who uh, developed him? And then he ne- he got steadily worse as time went on with the 49ers. So where was Kyle Shanahan's great coaching there? I, 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 he put him in a – I feel like to me with Jimmy Garoppolo, he definitely didn't discover him. Obviously, that's Bill Belichick no. that discovered Jimmy G. And then John Lynch is the one that really went for hard in the paint for him. Obviously, you can give, you can give Kyle a little credit for that. But uh, Jimmy looked better when he first got to the 49ers. As time went on – he became more of just a game manager, dink and dunker, scared to do anything. It looked like there was no trust between Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think he developed him into a better quarterback. I think he just put him in situations where he could just dink and dunk and have a high completion percentage, yak yards, let your weapons take off and run, but didn't necessarily make him a better drop back quarterback. His best play was before he knew the 49ers playbook. That was his best performance that year. In 2017, came in, didn't know the playbook, went out on instinct, played what? Kind of like Brock. Yeah. That was his best time. He got steadily less confident, more indecisive. Yeah. Uh, Kyle couldn't keep him healthy, couldn't keep himself healthy. I, 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 that was his big project. He had Jimmy for five years, more, more. 
Yeah. And the guy did not get better. He got worse and couldn't stay healthy. So I just don't see Kyle Shanahan having this like, he coached Matt Ryan for two years. He coached Kirk Cousins for two years. Like he's never done it long-term with anyone. The only guy he really had long-term was Jimmy and we all see how that went. So yeah. I, I think the answer is no. A lot of people, and then people will counter with, well, well, which head coach really does develop a quarterback anyway? And why are we, this is an unfair standard to hold. It's like, hold on. If Kyle had done it, you'd give him credit for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. They answer yeah. the question with a question instead of just, just Come give me on. the answer. Yeah. Just give yeah, me the answer. Yeah, man. When, no. when, when, Kyle, Kyle either gets credit for everything or if he can't get, take credit for something, people will be like, well, no one can really do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think I mean, they can. Bill Walsh did it three times. Andy Reid's done it. I mean, Pete Carroll's done it. There's a lot of great coaches. A lot, that yeah, a lot of coaches can like identify a talented quarterback and keep him healthy and play to his strengths and minimize his weaknesses. All that. Yeah. Hero Winchester says recently more players, fans, and other content creators are calling you out for your takes. Really? Who? Who called me out? Players? Do you think it's fair to hold reporters accountable for their takes in today's age, or are they above reproach? Of course. I mean. Reporters are always held accountable. It's a public forum. And all of our stuff is on the record with our name next to it. No one's above In reproach. perpetuity. Yeah, no one's above reproach, even coaches. Correct. Khalil Kemp says, I believe Kyle Shanahan can't scout the quarterback position for one simple reason. When he's in his office looking at film, he's not watching the player. He's watching, watching for his scheme. No, he's actually watching himself throw spirals. You know that? I think Kyle's very uh, wide receiver focused. Even though he's not a, a drop back passing game, he, he just really looks at the offense from like these short wide receiver routes, getting them wide open. That That's really what he really focuses on. It's not, it's not the run game necessarily, even though he gets a lot of credit for the run game. It's really these short receiving routes that make Kyle Shannon good at what he does. Right. And I think also to Khalil's point, when he's looking at quarterbacks, he's, or, or what he's thinking about the quarterback for his system, he's thinking about, you know, what do I need? Not necessarily like what's, who's a transcendent talent that I could build around. He yeah. needs a guy who's comfortable being under center, turning his back to the defense and doing play action. If yeah. he won't do that, Kyle won't budge. So that kind of limits you right there because how many colleges really do that anymore? Fewer and fewer. And I'm, I'm honestly, I am worried about Brock Purdy because you know you saw what happened with Jimmy. When he started with us, he seemed very free. And you saw the frustration between him and Kyle. It came out with like things like your play sucked and in the press conferences afterwards where he just said he wants to play free. And it was kind of like just calling out Kyle. I mean, it was after they tried to trade him, right? And he's in the press conference saying he wants to play free. Uh, and then you hear the quotes about what they're trying to do with Brock Purdy, make him play within the scheme of the offense more and take away what he was good at. I'm, I'm worried that they're going to just hinder Brock Purdy in, in year two or as he goes along. And, you know, this I don't want you doing this off script stuff. If you would have just done what I said within the scheme of the offense, you would have been able to pass to so and so. And we would have got, you know, that's what I worry about. And McNabb, same thing with McNabb. The same thing McNabb said. He says he's not going to cater to the offense around the no. quarterback and his strengths. He wants you to play within his system. And if you do something off script, it's not good. And that's crazy to me. Like co coaching is playing to your is co coaching is playing to your player's strengths every time. That's all it is in every sport. And yeah. Kyle doesn't do that. His his scheme is so special that you have to cater to his scheme. And he wonders why he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. But a lot of people think it's coming. We'll see. Brian Lester says, is Kyle Shanahan, if Kyle Shanahan was fired today, who would you and Ryan choose to replace him? Brian, that's kind of an unfair question because no one fires a coach, a head coach in June. The hiring cycle is already over. All the candidates are hired. 
It's something you do in January or December. Um, so we'll talk about where we where we rank Kyle Shanahan. But if you want to replace a coach, you kind of have to do it at a specific time in the year. No yeah, one's available right now. I'd have to go through the interview process, Brian. I need to I need to yeah. sit down and talk to these gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> Bang Bang says, just want to put this out there during the Monday Night Football game versus the Rams. I saw Jed and Adam Schefter talking for about 15 minutes. Yeah, that makes sense. They both worked what for NFL Network at some point, right? No, no, no. Jed. Freaking oh, Jed. Jed York and Adam Schefter wow. talking for 15 minutes. Thank you, Bang Bang. Wow. Mui says, also, this regime was once reputed to be tight-lipped. Suddenly, there's leaks all over the place. Could mean the start of power division instability. Not a good sign. No. They, they, they leak. A lot of covering their asses. The whole they don't leak thing is not true. Over. Kyle is Red Bolio from uh, The Waterboy. Can't do anything without his stolen inherited scheme. Purdy play will not be the same next season because of Kyle. That is messed up. Mm. He stole the Fonz's playbook. Jaleel D says, man, I missed the call-in show, Ryan. Every Sunday. Come on, dog. Come on, Jaleel. All right, let's do it. How many head coaches are better than Kyle Shanahan? I want to rank them. And I put out my, I have a list down right here of all the coaches I would put ahead of him. Preamble first. Ranking Kyle Shanahan is very hard. Because he wears a lot of hats for the 49ers. He does a lot. He does everything. But we're ranking head coaches. I want to make that clear. So as a coordinator, I think he would rank clearly offensive coordinator. I think he would rank clearly top five. You could argue he's number two behind Andy Reid. Right? You could argue he's number two. He's been the coordinator of the year. He's very clever. Um, As a coordinator, very, very high. Yeah. He also gets credit for putting this team together. Because he's basically the general manager of this team. So in certain ways, he gets a lot of credit for that too. I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking just head coach, which is funny because there's a lot of responsibilities for head coaches. I mean, it's the, it's the big picture here. But that's yeah. what I'm looking at. And maybe different people look at different coach, uh, head coach, uh, great head coaches differently, but that's how I'm looking at it. Well, if we, so I, I, I thought I kind of looked at this differently than ranking them. I, I looked at it, who I would replace him with if I could. But if we're ranking him. Same I thing. Have, Same yeah. thing. I, well, I would replace him with someone better, and I think I have a bunch of guys that I would. Okay, how do you want to do this? How do you want to do this? Um, you could say your list, and then I'll just keep going. Okay. Yeah. So if if I'm replacing him right now with any head coach that I could, I'm a, I only got five, but I actually have more than that ranked higher than him. If that makes sense, like I okay. don't want Bill Belichick to come into the 49ers right now. I just don't want that. That I like, but I do think Bill Belichick is or should be ranked way higher than Kyle Shanahan, if that makes sense. Like, I look at Kyle Shanahan not anywhere close to Bill Belichick's level, but I also don't want Bill Belichick on the 49ers right now. Why? I just don't – I don't know. I think a lot of this is Tom Brady. I think a lot of it is Tom Brady. Okay. I do. I do. But here's okay. the coaches. Here's the coaches. Okay. That I, I, just, I, I don't quite understand the distinction, but I, I'm not going to fight you on it, and you, got, you get the floor. Go ahead. I'll explain, I'll explain it better okay. afterwards. I'll explain it okay. better Okay, okay, okay. Okay. But if I could like replace him in with any coaches right now, I would go with Mike Tomlin. He's yep. one of my favorite head coaches. Andy Reid, Pete yep. Carroll, and yep. either of the Harbaugh's. Those are the guys I would replace him with right now, no question. Right. Now, the reason why I wouldn't yeah. like even, even though I think Bill Belichick is better, uh, he's has to be looked at better than Kyle Shanahan just because of what he's been able to accomplish throughout his career with Tom Brady. I just don't, I'm not a big fan of Bill Belichick as a coach, as a leader. I don't like how he, 
I don't like his persona. I don't I don't enjoy it. It's like Kyle Shanahan on steroids. And so sure. I would I would just assume just go with Kyle right now. And I, I okay. want to see what Bill Belichick can do without Tom Brady. That that's the thing I'm holding on. Fair off enough. On. Yeah. All right, let me do let me do the way I'm looking at it. So to me, Kyle, again, Kyle's complicated. He put this roster together. So he gets credit for that. Um, but I'm not I'm taking that away. I'm I'm separating that. Since 2019, the Niners have had arguably the best team in the league. And they have not won a Super Bowl in that four-year span. They've had some excuses. But I think a lot of coaches would have won a Super Bowl with this roster the last four years. A lot of them. Um, and that's why I think Kyle's kind of an average head coach. Like, before I start listing names, w- w- the year that Kyle should have won a Super Bowl, in my mind, I was thinking about it this morning. 2019, they lose to the Chiefs. Somewhat understandable, considering the Chiefs were better than them. The Niners were great, but the Chiefs were better. They had Patrick Mahomes. Next year, they have a bunch of injuries. 2021. They lose in the NFC Championship game to the Rams. They were better than the Rams that year. They beat the Rams six in a row. They beat them twice in the regular season. They beat them week 18 in LA. You lost to the Rams in the NFC Championship game 20-17. to 17. Your defense showed up. Everyone blames Tart for losing that game. It wasn't Tart's fault. The offense scored 17 points against the Rams. You should have won the Super Bowl that year. You had the best player in the league. You didn't give him any touches in the last 13 minutes of that game. Then the Rams go on and beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl 23-20. to Like, that's a weak champion. The Niners had beaten both of those teams in the regular season. I'm thinking a lot of other uh, coaches could have won the Super Bowl with the Niners in 2021. You lost to the Rams? McVay should not have a ring. Kyle should have a ring, but he blew it. That was the one. And I mean, like, losing to the Eagles, I thought the Eagles were better than them. But the Niners were better than the Rams in 2021. You freaking blew it. So... I'm hard on Kyle as a head coach. I think he's average. I think he's an excellent offensive coordinator. I think he does a lot of good things as a, as a personnel guy too. But as a head coach, Bill Belichick would have won a Super Bowl with this team in the last five in the last four years. Uh, Pete Carroll would have. Andy Reid would have. Sean Payton would have. Sean McVay would have. Mike Tomlin would have. John Harbaugh would have. Doug Peterson would have. Brian Dayball would have. Nick Sirianni. Zach Taylor. Mike freaking McCarthy would have. I'm th- starting to think Dan Campbell would have as well and I'm interested about Shane Steichen he hasn't done a damn thing yet but like I'll go slow like look what Dan Campbell has done with Jared Goff resurrected his career keeps him healthy I mean that guy went from three wins to nine wins that's that guy could be in the Super Bowl this year I mean that team is nice Mike McCarthy yeah he's a joke but he also coexisted with Aaron Rodgers for like 10 years could Kyle do that he actually like won a Super Bowl one time with a with a loaded roster Kyle's had a loaded roster for four years hasn't gotten it done do you think he could? They, he could have. Do you think these coaches you said could win the Super Bowl? That they could have done that with Jimmy Garoppolo, though. But I don't know. I mean, maybe because Jimmy Garoppolo came really close. As weak as he is on this team, I think it comes down a lot to just pass protection. Kyle doesn't value pass protection when his quarterbacks have a clean pocket. Whoever they are, Nick Mullins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, whoever the hell it is, they tear it up. But they don't have clean pockets enough, especially down the stretch, because the right side of the offensive line is a freaking sieve. It's only a run-blocking unit. And when they get into the when they went in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs, their offensive line crumbled against Chris Jones. When they got in the fourth quarter against the Rams, their offensive line crumbled against Aaron Donald. When they got in the first quarter against the Eagles, uh, their offensive line crumbled. So I feel like Kyle Shanahan, if he's a coordinator and there's a head coach who says, no, you know what, I value pass protection— he can work. But if he's the head coach, he's made it abundantly clear he's going to work around that. And his quarterbacks are going to get hurt all the time, and he's going to make snarky comments like, well, I'm really sorry his head bounced off the turf. Well, yeah, I'm sorry that you don't value pass protection. He doesn't. From a schematic standpoint, 
putting Tyler Croft on Hassan Reddick to a personnel standpoint, saving money at the offensive line position. That's a big problem for a head coach. And that's why I feel like his formula is flawed. Yeah, and I think, I mean, to your point, I, those coaches probably would never have had that offensive line or Jimmy Garoppolo. That, no. That's probably what would have been the difference. No. Yeah, I, I think it Kyle's messing hard. around. It's like money ball stuff. It's like, I can do it with Jimmy. I can do it with Mike McGlinchey. No. Yeah, I don't, you can't. I, I don't think they... I think it's going to be hard to win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, no matter who the head coach is, to be honest. But that, to, to your point, I think a lot of these head coaches that you're talking about would have not been in that situation in the first place. Right. Like, yeah. it, it, it's going to be hard to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why I almost give Kyle a pass for blowing it against the Chiefs. Like, your offense blew it. Your defense blew it. The Chiefs are better than you. Patrick Mahomes, like, you weren't going to get in the way of that train. But, but like, why is he there? The Rams. But also, you, why is he there? But, like, right. again, let's take the personnel stuff out of it. You lost to the Rams? You're beating them six in a row. They weren't that freaking good. They had no run game. Uh, Matthew Stafford isn't Patrick Mahomes. Cooper Cup isn't Debo Samuel. You had the best player in that game. You didn't give him the ball in the last 13 minutes. Like, that's tough. And I don't think people really give Kyle a hard time for that particular loss, but that's the clear one they should have won. 2021, they should have won the Super Bowl. It, it, comes back. It, it seems like this all comes back to the same thing. Matt Stafford is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, man. And he just is. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, but there's one more Garoppolo. thing, though. McVay's better than Kyle. Hmm. You know why? Because McVay went and got Stafford, and Kyle was like, oh, man, I got to look at his tape a little bit more. Mm. Ah! Yeah. And he McVay's on, better than him. Passed on Brady for Jimmy. Yeah. Now, 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 Kyle's a better coordinator than McVay, for sure. Yes. Yeah. But head coach? McVay. Because McVay yeah. is a head coach. Kyle isn't. Kyle's not a head coach. Now, yeah. there's a lot of bad head coaches in the NFL, too. That's what I want to say. So if I, I would rank him essentially 14th or 15th in the league, which might sound harsh. I'm taking every single head coach who's ever won a Super Bowl over him that's still working. And guys such as Dayball, Sirianni, um, Zach Taylor, Dan Campbell, guys who are having success with quarterbacks right now, resurrecting their careers, keeping them healthy. I'm taking those guys all day. Brian Dayball, what he did with Daniel Jones in one year, Kyle could never. I have, I have Kyle, because of, because of his offensive coordinating abilities, I have him between like six and eight. Fair. Because uh, one of the like, things that when you have Kyle Shanahan as a head coach, you get Kyle Shanahan as a coordinator coming with coordinator. him. Good point. Yeah. It's true. My ideal, my ideal coaching situation is Mike Tomlin, head coach, Andy Reid, offensive coordinator. Second one would be Mike Tomlin, head coach, and Kyle Shanahan, offensive coordinator. But as far as like overall head coach, I have him like between like six and eight. What I think is funny is that people say, like, if only Kyle would have some oversight, if only someone could tell Kyle, hey, I disagree with you. Man, he's the head coach and general manager, and, and like, he, no, the only way that happens if it's, is if he's the offensive coordinator. And I think it's no secret that his best year was in 2016 as an offensive coordinator with, with Dan Quinn. And I think what's interesting about that, that particular loss, because that's the biggest collapse ever, essentially, yeah. ever. Um, yeah. Why did they lose? Well, a lot of people say, well, Kyle wasn't the head coach of that team. True. Dan Quinn was. He's not a head coach either. The Falcons essentially had a failure of leadership in the second half of that game. Two non-head coaches on the field being like, man, it's not my, it's not my fault. It's not my yeah. fault. What do we do? It's not my fault. Uh, Bill Belichick's a leader, though. Yeah. He worked it out. So right. that's why I feel like getting that one ring, the hardware to prove that your actual, that you won't get in the way, that you won't blow it at the last minute. Kyle hasn't proven that he won't blow it at the last minute. He's had some great teams. So I think until he gets that hardware, I can't put him in the top. Eight, I mean, nine. 
if we're being fair, he's proven that he will blow it in the last minute. Unfortunately, what are his ex- what are his excuses the last four years? Jimmy, you wanted Jimmy. Yeah. The offensive line, that's your offensive line. Like you lost to the Rams, man. The Rams, you yeah. own them, right? Yeah. McVay's your son, right? But you lost to him. How did that happen, man? How did you not get the ball to Debo in the last thirteen minutes of that game? How Here. did that happen? He loses his mind at the end of these games. He panics. He doesn't just play to his strengths. He doesn't have that like killer instinct at the end of these games. And the lights are too bright for him. Yeah. The stage is too big. And he just can't figure out the quarterback position. It's that simple, man. Really. Those are the two things that hurt him. I think it's more he can't figure out the quarterback position. Yeah, in the sense that in a lot of ways, but also even if he could figure it out, he couldn't protect it. And that's the wild thing about him. Like, even if you gave him Aaron Rodgers, he'd be hurt. We keep seeing this, man. As long as he's the head coach, his quarterback's going to be hurt pretty damn quick. And he's going to have a bunch of his followers and fans being like, it's not Kyle's fault. It's like, oh, it's, oh, is it Kyle's fault that he called a pass? How many times do we hear that? Oh, is he just supposed to call a run every play? You hear that every time. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I, I, I understand why people say, oh, it's, it's football. People get hurt. And yes, that's true. But when you look at, oh, the history of Kyle Shanahan, I mean, there's a pattern. It's obvious. You can't really deny it. There's something going on there. I think it's a matter of prioritizing protection. Yes. It's just yes. not prioritizing protection. In it's, any way. It, it, you're not. You're right. Not, it's not. not. Not with your offensive line. Not with your scheme. You're not prioritizing it. I mean, why would you think that Tyler Croft was going to be able to stop, uh, oh boy, yeah. on, on the Eagle? Why would you think that? Why that would you think going, that? that it, right. That's not logical. Risk reward. And what's crazy, like look at Seattle. They never have quarterback injury issues like in Pete Carroll's entire tenure. Yeah. Is it because their offensive line is great? No. Their offensive line is trash most of the time. Now, now, it's, now it's, it's young and improving, but a lot of the times it's freaking trash. No, it's a lot how you call your plays, what you emphasize, when you're passing, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like, like Kyle always has five guys out in the pattern. He doesn't do max protect very much, although he did on that one with Tyler Croft. Anyway, there's a lot of things you can do as a, play, as a coach to prioritize pass protection. Yeah. And Kyle thinks it's the player's fault. It's, it's the quarterback's job. So... Yeah, it has to be up there. It has to, it can't just be like, okay, how can I get a guy wide open or how can I get a first down? It has to also be like, how can I protect my quarterback while doing these things? Yeah. yeah. So that's where I rank Kyle as a head coach. I mean, if you want to talk about him as a head coach, you really need to look at the quarterback position because that's his responsibility. Getting it right, keeping it upright. Getting it right, keeping it upright. Like that's a huge thing. You can't you like John Harbaugh, I mean, he's had Lamar. He didn't and, mess around. You know, and these we guys, talk- good coaches have good quarterbacks. And we were talking about, like, what what quarterbacks has he discovered and developed. Mm-hmm. He really, I don't know if you can say he discovered Brock Purdy, right. but he did discover Trey Lance. So if he develops Trey Lance, he can take credit for that one. If he develops Brock Purdy, he can say he developed him, but he can't. he's not really the guy responsible for discovering Brock Purdy. But also, like, his ability to get big numbers out of Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo or whichever, you know, borderline talent does speak well of him as a coordinator to me. Yeah. But then the inability to keep that guy on the field does not speak well of him as a head coach because the coordinator should be able to say like, here's my great idea. Let's go score points. Let's score points. And the head coach says, no, that's risky. I don't like the risk. I don't like the matchup on that. The coach is the one who's like, ah, 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 but Kyle's a coordinator. I, I like it. I like it. 
that's why, I, I, you know, he's, yeah. he's complicated. I mean, and, and people, you know, they want to talk about like, well, it's not his fault, but there is a video of Kyle Shanahan admitting that when you run a quarterback through the middle, it's extremely dangerous and you're going to get him killed. And then he Literally. went on to do that with Trey Lance. That. And that's exactly what happened. So why'd you it, call that? Yeah, exactly. And again, like Kyle has a stack team and he put it together. He gets credit for it. But let's not act like since 2019, he hasn't had Nick Bosa on a rookie contract the whole time. Yeah. He also has had Fred Warner, Eric Armstead, Dre Greenlaw, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Kyle Juszczyk. That's quite a seven-man unit. Right. And, you know, great that you went to three NFC Championship games, but I feel like other head coaches could have sealed the deal. A lot of head coaches could have beat that Rams team in the NFC Championship game two years ago with Debo on the field. It doesn't take a genius to say, let me get out of the way and give Debo the ball and let him be the reason we win this game. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's let Debo be the reason we win this game. No, nah, I had to be Kyle. And so I mean, we didn't win, and then it was game. Jimmy's fault that you lost. I mean, look at the Falcons Super Bowl collapse. I mean, that was the epitome of, like, you, you're trying to do too much, man. You're trying to, look, like, just run the ball out. You're up 21 yeah. points. Yeah. yeah, it, it was a mistake. So a lot of bad head coaches in the NFL. Kyle's not one of them. I think he's average. Uh, I think he's a hell of a coordinator. If you separate him, I don't like the way he – handles the quarterback position at all pass protection is such an oversight with him and so and for that to be your oversight as an offensive coach pass protection yeah yikes, yikes well, i mean i'll put it this way like this is a good way to put it like if he's if you if you if he's not the offensive coordinator he drops way down to me as a correct thank you yes thank you yeah but if you yeah, if he's like look I, i'm just gonna focus on my leadership this year yeah, and I'm, I'm going to delegate all game planning and play calling and like, uh-oh, uh-oh. The best yeah. version of Kyle's gone. Now we just got this average coach with average leadership ability, average game management, average decision making. Yeah. Yeah. It, you it, know? That, that's a, I, I've really never looked at it in that regard. I always look at the other yeah. way. That's what yeah. I'm trying to look at. It. I'm trying to yeah. isolate. Isolate. Yeah. If you take so that's why I think, yeah. yeah, he drops down. Yeah. He drops down. But yeah. again... If you get him, you get the offensive coordinator with him, and having a an elite offensive coordinator come with your head coach is a bonus. So maybe yeah. I should factor that in. I'm just saying, like Zach Taylor, people scoff at him, like, okay, but he was a quarterback. Um, he keeps his quarterback healthy, except for that one hit that Joe Burrow took. I don't know. I think he's doing a pretty good job. Shane Steichen, look what Nick Sirianni's done with Jalen Hurts. Like, I don't know, man. Doug Peterson, he won a Super Bowl, got fired. I mean, I think Doug Peterson is going to win a Super Bowl again before Kyle does. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I like what he's in a good spot right now in Jacksonville. Yeah, Yeah. I like what they're doing in Jacksonville, and I really like Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that that was a no brainer. That was a no brainer quarterback pick for me. I I think he's going to be really good, man. So he's in a good spot. Last thing before we move on, Uh, I looked this up. Josh Dubat looked it up, but eight of the last. Only eight of the last 26 Super Bowl winning head coaches, I believe, were on their first stint as a head coach. It's becoming more and more common that the guy who wins the Super Bowl is on his second or third team. Belichick's second team. Carroll, like, third team. Like, you have to fail and actually learn and change. And I don't know that Kyle's gotten there yet. Andy Reid needed that. He was at Philly for 14 years and wasn't going to get over the hump. Had to go to Kansas City. Had to try again with Alex Smith and, and realize, man, I, I just need something much much more firepower at the quarterback position. Even McNabb. McNabb was like, you yeah. know, he was good, but nothing like this. So Reed needed to go to a second spot. Kyle may ultimately need to go to a second spot, humble himself, change and learn. I don't know if he yeah. ever will. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually was thinking about this just over this weekend is like that same thing, right? Like Kyle may never win a Super Bowl here, here. but if he goes to a place that has a quarterback for him, right. he might. Right. And I was actually thinking about what Dungeon. teams what teams would that work out okay, with here we go. right now? Here right? we go. Let's do and it. And to me, the number one that, that jumps out to me is the Cowboys. They got a good roster. They got a franchise quarterback. I feel like Kyle, if, if Kyle was on the Cowboys, they'd be a better team than they are now with McCarthy. And I could see him actually winning the Super Bowl as a Cowboys head coach, as crazy as that sounds. That's what yeah. I'm saying. A lot of people are just like saying, like, McCarthy sucks. Hold on. Is McCarthy going to win a Super Bowl before uh, Kyle Shanahan? Because really, what was the difference in that playoff game last year? The two playoff games between the Niners and Cowboys the last two years were very close. Mm-hmm. Like it came down to a, a botched quarterback sneak two years ago, and last year it came down to Tony Pollard breaking his ankle. Like, he, again, Mike McCarthy, he's not a great coach, but he has Dan. He has a pretty good coaching staff. He's got Dan Quinn. One one of my best friends I grew up with in the Bay Area, he somehow became a Cowboys fan. I don't know freaking how. He he called into my show and I asked him, Would you rather have Mike McCarthy or Kyle Shanahan? He said Kyle Shanahan. And that's what got me thinking on this. He he thinks Kyle Shanahan's a better head coach than Mike McCarthy. So I started thinking Possible. About it. Mike's like, not great. Mike is had, not great. If you had Dak Prescott's abilities mixed with Kyle Shanahan's offense and then that roster they have over there. Because I think the biggest thing for Kyle Shannon is that he's, miss, you know, outside of some game management issues, he's missing that quarterback. And he doesn't seem like he's able to find it or develop it. Well, if you give him Dak Prescott, now he might be able to pull it off. I have a, a cynical prediction. If you right. sent Kyle Shanahan to the Cowboys, Dak Prescott would get injured. <laughs> I, I mean... There's a there's a reason. Is that, that is that is that a hot take? Is that a hot take? I mean, the guy the guy's all. Re- I mean, Mike McCarthy can't even keep him healthy. The guy is yeah. kind of a sitting duck at this point. He's slow as hell. Yeah. You think of him as a mobile quarterback. He might be the. He's one of the slower quarterbacks in the league. Dak Prescott. He's a pocket quarterback. He when he runs, it's like he wants to be a gunslinger, and he, like he if he could probably benefit from these short, quick passes that Kyle dials up. These short, quick, wide open passes, but he has more of a threat to go deep. So I think he would benefit from Kyle's offense, being able to get rid of the ball quicker and, and getting rid of that gunslinger mentality that he has. Um, so I don't know. What, what team do you think would be better off with Kyle and then could possibly win a Super Bowl if you had to name one? It would have to be a team that has a killer offensive line right now that Kyle Shanahan couldn't blow up. But he might go over that because remember they, they had Trent Brown, who's like the best pass-protecting right tackle in the league, and he's like, sorry, this guy just – doesn't fit my run game. You're out. So I don't know. I mean, what teams have the best offensive lines? Philly, but he wouldn't want to. He couldn't coach Jalen Hurts. He would get Jalen Hurts hurt immediately. Okay, what about Detroit? They got Goff. They got a great offensive line. Maybe Detroit. Maybe if they had a little bit more sophisticated offense. Although their offense was really good last year, they have a pretty good offensive court. I, they scored a lot of points last. Scored year. a lot of points last yeah. year. I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think Seattle be better off with with Kyle than they are with Carroll. No, I he'll like be out. I, I, Cowboys is the only one that came to my mind because they have the quarterback, they have the talent. That's the only one that jumped out to me. What about Minnesota? Kirk Cousins. Hey. Actually, that could work. That could work. Maybe, maybe Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so. 
Yeah, there you go. That's one. He could. He could. I mean, he, I, I don't think anything. What is that? Kevin O'Connell. Who the hell is Kevin O'Connell? I don't even know. Yeah, he's one of these like Kyle Shanahan knockoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. Minnesota. He's, he's a banana hands. <laughs> yeah, he's a knockoff. He's a knockoff. So okay, that's one. Uh, I mean Arizona. How, how could you? Arizona would be better off of Kyle. They'd be not better. That, they're not winning be better a Super off. Bowl. Yeah. Not winning a Super Bowl. Um, would Miami be better off with Kyle? Not necessarily. I don't think so. I like. I like. Oh, them. I got one. I got one right now. Yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo. Yeah, he would. He would give Buffalo. them a running. He'd give them a running game. He'd Dude, make things easier. He would be Josh Allen. Allen. Would be his John Elway. Josh yeah. Allen would be the greatest thing that ever happened to Kyle Shanahan. That's a good Buffalo. one. Buffalo. Yeah, they would. McDermott. Pff, not a fan. I, yeah. Notice I did not mention Sean McDermott on my list. No. Yeah. Should I put Salah on this list? Salah just got Aaron Rodgers. And, and that's that speaks to Salah's lack of ego. Yeah. Just saying. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see, see what happens. happens. Yeah. It's very I, interesting. I, I think people yeah. are sleeping on the Jets. I really do. Yeah. I think they're going to be good that as hell. defense is sick. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And, and, and people are writing off Aaron Rodgers way too soon. Kind of like they did Brady before he went to the Buccaneers and won a Super Bowl. I think that's what people are doing with Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm not. Is he going to go there and light it up like like Peyton Manning did in uh, in Denver? Denver? Yeah, I mean, I I think Aaron Rodgers is being slept on still. I don't know how he's being slept. He's a four time NFL MVP, and people are like are still writing him off because he. I think he lost focus in Green Bay, and I think he's going to be rejuvenated uh, with the Jets. Maybe not long term, but I feel like this year in particular, the Jets are being slept on. Yeah. Well, let's see if Robert Sala can keep his quarterback healthy because last year was interesting. Kyle Shanahan and his disciples all failed keeping their quarterbacks healthy. Like uh, McDaniel failed spectacularly. Yeah, Sala quietly went through all of his quarterbacks, and so did Kyle. So now Sala's got a thirty-nine-year-old quarterback. Let's see what you do. I could, but the, with Sala is different because with McDaniel, I can understand because he's in charge of the offense. With, uh, you know, who else? Talking about McVay. I can understand he's mm-hmm. charged off. But with Solly as a defensive coordinator, is he going to be, re- is he really responsible for protecting the quarterback? I don't know. Um, yeah, man, head coach. Absolutely. I mean, that's your offensive coordinator. You you have the opportunity to veto any call. You you um, okay every game plan. That's on you. What's who's that? Coordinator on the Jets. They fired Malafleur. Who is the Jets offensive coordinator? Oh, it's Hackett. Freaking Hackett. Hackett? But Hackett has worked with Rodgers in the past. So that's why they have Jeez, Hackett. Because that offense looked all Hackett from the Broncos. Fired at. Right. But Hackett in. got the job with the Broncos because he was the offensive coordinator with Rodgers in Green Bay. Again, that, 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 Rodgers is the offensive coordinator. That's yeah. the answer. Aaron Rodgers. That's true. Yeah, and that's again, true. like, you can make fun of that, but at least Hackett and Sala have a small enough ego. To allow Rodgers to do that. Kyle, I don't think could ever work with Rodgers. Yeah. So he's working with Sam Darnold. Because Sam Darnold will say, sir, Tom yes, Brady. sir. That may be right. why I didn't want Tom Brady. I could definitely right. see that as a, a reason why he was not messing with why he chose Jimmy Garoppolo over Tom Brady. If Kyle Okay, Shannon, let me give you Okay, oh, go on. Keep going. If Kyle Shannon doesn't win a Super Bowl and we all look back on his career, that he's the guy that chose Jimmy Garoppolo over Tom Brady. That is crazy hold on i crazy but let's stick with this game with teams that would improve with kyle shanahan as the head coach i i, I got i got a list okay here we go serious right. cleveland cleveland we got buffalo cleveland browns Stef, what's that guy's name stefanski forget that guy yeah fraud um 
Titans. Vrabel has the worst offensive coordinators every year. Yeah. Titans. Um, the Raiders. <laughs> Jimmy. Reunited. The Chargers for sure. The Chargers for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, I'll, him with Herbert would be nice. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good uh, one. The Saints for sure. Dennis Allen sucks. Like, sucks. Yeah. I can't say that strongly enough. I didn't go in, in NPR. I should have. Um, <coughs> but which one? Uh, win a Super Bowl. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of teams yeah. that'll improve. Like more than half of the teams will improve with Kyle Shannon. But which one actually could win a Super Bowl? I think you brought up a good one with Herbert and the Chargers. Yep. I think the Cowboys are there. Minnesota's there. Buffalo. I wouldn't for say sure. the Giants. I wouldn't say the Giants. No. I don't what about so. what about Green Bay? Hmm. They'll improve. They're not going to win no damn Super Bowl. No, I, don't, okay. I don't see it. No. Yeah. No, I think Kyle should go to Buffalo somehow. They, the Niners should trade Kyle to Buffalo for two firsts, two seconds, third, fourth, seventh. They would be good. They would be elite. Yeah, I would do yeah. that. All right, let's talk about something else. Does George Kittle talk too much? Like, <laughs> he talks a lot. And yeah. that's great. You know, it's like a media guy's dream. He's always available. But it's just how he talks. Like, he talks... Like, he's the coach of the team and the general manager of the team and the scout. Like, he talks about all other players. He critiques them. He was at tight end U. He said that Sam Laporta was the best tight end in the draft. Like, the Niners drafted a tight end. Like, Cam Latu is on your team, and Sam Laporta is not. And you're over here talking about him like you know him just because he went to Iowa or something. It's like, I don't know. I, he speaks very freely. What do you think? Um. Yeah. Yes and no. Yes. I, one thing that he definitely should not talk about he shouldn't be talking about who you're starting anything is. You're not the coach. You're not you the coach. Not, like the nerve of that. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a coach. If yeah. one of my players was like, oh, he should be starting. He's the, like, dude, that's not your role. Not you at all. You should not be start talking about who's starting at what position. You should just say, hey, we're going to let it play out. That's Kyle's decision. That's above my pay grade. Uh, I think we got three good quarterbacks. We'll see how it plays out and what Kyle decides. I agree. Right. You're not the head he coach. He talks about his teammates way too much. Yes. Like yeah. he's not one of them. Like he's above them. That's the way it comes across. Like I'm not just your teammate. I'm your coach too. I understand the scheme just like Kyle. I've been here longer. I'm like a senior member of the team. And I can talk. I can evaluate you publicly on the record. You couldn't do that to me. All you have to say is, oh, yeah, George is the greatest. Yeah. He's the GOAT. But you, I'm like, oh, man, that guy's so much better than he was last year. Because honestly, last year, this year, though, He's definitely making strides. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm he sorry. Talks, I don't think that's like being a good teammate. He talks yeah. like a coach. When he, he goes yeah. on national media and talks like he's a coach, that's not his place. And that that that's, there's something about the comfortability that he has with Kyle Shanahan that is leading to a lot of this, I think. Like, he's too comfortable. Agree. It's a Kyle know? issue. Again, yeah. going back to the head coach, why is your tight end talking like this? Well, it's a it's a – I'm not going to say it's a failure of leadership, but it's, it is. It's a failure of leadership. I'm not saying you, you have failed completely as a leader, but this is one example where you need to do better. You should be sitting down with your tight end and being like, man, you're smart. You're great. We love you. You can't talk like this publicly. You're yeah. undermining me right. and the team. Yeah. You Let understand that. That's why. Let I mean. me talk. Yeah. I'm the voice. You're not the voice of the team. I'm the voice of the team. Yeah. You're yeah, the voice can, of you. Yeah. He can be I'm the voice of the team. Yeah. Uh, be complimentary of his teammates. I don't have a problem sure. with that. But when you start talking about who's starting and yeah. who's the like that's, that's oh yeah, it's definitely Brock. 
Starting. Oh, yeah. He's definitely box, box or starter. That's not your call. I mean, that may be true, and he may deserve mm-hmm. it. And I agree based on his – if he's healthy, based on how he played last year, he should be starting. But it's not your role to talk about it. Let no. Kyle Shanahan all, – all you need to do is take what your PR people tell you, and they're obviously not telling him anything. But in general, the generic statement is, you know, that's above my pay grade. I'm not the coach. We'll let him decide. But I like all three of my quarterbacks. Also, something with him, I feel like he talk he talks a lot, so he's constantly promoting himself in different podcasts and stuff. He talks about the the Niners quarterback situation because he puts himself above it. You never hear him talk about Debo. You never hear him talk about like other players on the team who were kind of in competition with him for touches. Like, as far as George is concerned, I don't know if Debo even exists. Um, so I feel like when you start analyzing how he talks and who he who he talks about and who he doesn't talk about. It gets really weird, and he should probably just stick to tight end stuff, and that's it. I don't keep, know. The keep opponent. It keep it generic. Keep it generic. Yeah. I hate to say that because, you know, you want a player to be, you know. As a media person, you want Tim. You want that. that. You want that. But like, yeah. the more he talks, I'm like, man, I, I just feel like it's kind of messed up what you're doing. I feel like it's kind of not right. But I don't know. Maybe people disagree. All right, yeah. last thing. Speaking of Debo, is Debo a team player? Like, is he really a team player? Or does he need, is his ego too big? I'm sorry to put it that way, but here's the way I look at it. Ever since last year's meltdown, I've been trying to figure out where he's coming from. Before then, it's like he would do anything for the team, right? That was his persona. You need to play running back? Whatever. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I'll do it for the team. Great. But then it was like, I need to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. Well, you haven't really earned that yet. And then you held out. And now you don't practice in the offseason. And you say stuff like, well, you know, I wasn't in the best shape last year, but now I'm going to be. You're not even the face of the offense anymore. In 2021, it all went through him. He loved it. He deserved it. Last year, he forfeited it. He fumbled that right. They brought in McCaffrey, and now it's McCaffrey's offense. And someday, this might be, you know, at a certain point, I could pass him up too. If he becomes a second, third, fourth option, is he going to take that in stride because he's gotten paid? Or will his ego not allow him to, is this going to be a mal, is could he become a malcontent at some point if Kyle doesn't keep giving him nine touches a game that he hasn't earned I don't when I look at Debo I feel like his priority was the the money and I feel like since he's got paid he probably cares less about those things and now maybe it'll resurface when he's on his last year and his contract again but I feel like particularly this first time around, Debo was balling out. One, because I feel like he's kind of just that dog mentality a little bit uh, in games. When the game, when the when the whistle blows, right? Not in the offseason, unfortunately. But when the whistle blows, I feel like he is competitive like that. And also, I think he was going after that bag, that life-changing money for him. Now, if he's the third guy, I don't see him as a guy that really cares, to be honest with you. I think he'll be like, whatever, I'm, I'm making See, that's my problem. Million. I feel yeah. like he plays like a guy who doesn't really care anymore. Like, the way he jogged through that ghost motion on the play action in Philly, like, the way he plays when he's not getting the ball, if he knows that he's not featured in that game plan that week, what are you getting from Debo? That's scary to me. You're giving this guy, like, $25 million a year, and he only really plays hard when he feels he's being featured. Like, that's the kind of stuff Odell Beckham Jr. used to do when he was in his prime. If you didn't give him the ball a lot in the first quarter, he would pout check out. And coaches were constantly in his mercy, like, I got to get him the ball. I got to give him the ball. I got to move. It's like, 
man, the Niners don't work that way. The Niners have a bunch of a bunch of really good playmakers, and it's supposed to be like the ball goes wherever the defense isn't. Like if you overcommit to stop Debo, we're going to McCaffrey. Like, and you have to be okay with that. Ayuk's okay with that. Ayuk keeps his mouth shut. I'm not saying that Debo doesn't, but Ayuk has been in this position for a long time where he's at the bottom of the totem pole and he can't really say anything about it. What if that happens to Debo? Because frankly, he was the worst of them last year. If he, the, the, He's in a very talented weapon group. If he doesn't have his A game on, he doesn't deserve to be the top dog. And I don't think he is the top dog anymore. And how does he feel about that? He I wanted think, to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. I, I don't think, know. So two things. You brought up Ayuk. I think you're going to see more of that from Ayuk this year because this is, pay, this is the year where he's going to get paid. So he's going to want the ball this year. Ayuk gets that. more touches. A full yeah. year of McCaffrey. Where does that leave Kittle and Debo? Well, to Debo's credit, he did come out and admit he was trash last year. That was his words. He was awful last year. And so I respect that accountability. And really, we'll see. I mean, the year before, he was amazing. It was a contract year. Then after he got paid, right, it wasn't there. So I don't know if I, I see his, him having an ego problem as much as like it's a motivation thing that he kind of lost when he didn't get paid. But again... To his credit, he took accountability. He says you're never going to see that from him again. So I feel like this is a year where he can prove that he's that hardworking, good teammate, and it doesn't matter if you pay me. I'm still going to come out and give you my best. This is the year. Also, I want to see from him be like, it doesn't matter if I get three targets this week. Because he never they never treat him like that. They always force him the ball even if he's dropping it, even if he's not getting open. Sometimes he doesn't have it. Ayuk does. Kittle does. And it's just like not your week. Debo, I'd like to see him be okay with that because I feel like Kyle almost treats him like, you know. He like should a, be okay with it now, though. I mean, he's set for life. His his grandkids are set for life. He should be. Right? So now it should yeah. just be about winning a Super Bowl. That's all he should yeah. care about. He should be the ultimate teammate, and he should just – doesn't matter how many touches you get. It's what you do with the touches that you do get when you get them, right? And that should be his priority. So we'll see. I mean, this is the year we'll find out. Josh Wyatt says, I see a huge range for this team, for this year's team. Everything from three and 13 and four to 14 and 13 and four to four and 13. Cause you play out the best and worst case scenarios is the key really quarterback. Uh, worst case scenario is um, you want to go first? Go ahead. Well, wow. Worst case scenario, worst case scenario I mean, is Brock doesn't start the season. He, he's on pup. Kyle's not invested in either quarterback. Uh, he's, they start off on a losing streak. Kyle uses that as an excuse and tanks. That's the thing about Kyle. Like Mike Tomlin will soldier through a season and find a way to win nine games. Kyle will tank because I think he knows he's not going to get fired. So he's like, whatever. Brandon Allen time. Worst case scenario is that Brock Purdy was a flash in the pan. That Trey Lance Mm. is a bust like everyone says, or not everyone, but a lot of people say, and that they don't have a quarterback and they're relying on turnover Sam Darnold or Brandon Allen this season. That's the worst case scenario. Uh, Best case scenario the best case scenario for me, I know people aren't going to like it. The best case scenario is that the highest potential quarterback on the team that you drafted third overall, Trey Lance, comes out and balls out. That's the best case scenario that I see. Papa Phil says Kyle lost to a first-year coach against the Bears. Not just a first-year coach. That was his first game ever coaching. <laughs> Robert uh, Tuncap says Brock will not be ready by training camp, which begins barely four months after his surgery. Niners will not risk injury way too soon. Yeah. Probably. Kyle's going to Kyle injuries on the way, says Papa Phil. It's basically my working hypothesis. Matthew Sanders says Kyle stepped in poop when Purdy saved the season. If not for the most impressive Mr. Relevant ever, the conversation would be very different today. Yeah. 
Jason Hagar says, Kyle would never go to the Cowboys while Jones is alive. Wouldn't have enough control there. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah, this might be what he needs, but he's never going to yeah. go for that. Papa Phil says, y'all tripping. Debo is an ultimate team player. He came back from injury for us. He cried when we lost. He actually cares. I think it's TBD. I think it's TBD this season, Papa Phil. I think I think the first year when he oh, – not his first year, but the year he really bought out, the year before last, it was a contract year, man. He's yeah. playing for life-changing money for his family, as he should. And then last year, we didn't see that from him after he got paid. He came in out of shape. He, he didn't look like Debo. Now's the year, like, you came out and said you, you played like trash. Well, put it all together this year, man. You got your bag. Show us that you care about the team, the Super Bowl, and he can do that. I just feel he's a little immature. I think he showed it last year during the negotiation. I think he also has a little bit of an inflated sense of the kind of player he is. I think he thinks he's better than he is. Don't and all so worry, yeah, so if, if Kyle Shanahan starts giving him the touches that he actually deserves, that, that he thinks he deserves, how's Debo going to handle that? Because for the last two years, Kyle's pretty much said, hey, man, whatever you want, whatever you want, I got you, right? Just be happy. But, like, that's not in the team's best interest anymore. Ayuk needs more touches. McCaffrey's better than Debo. Debo should be, like, the third option on this team right now. Is he, is he cool with that? We'll see. He could say it, but he'll have to prove it. And, and something came up, too. Like, if CMC goes down, uh, hopefully he doesn't knock on wood. But if something happens to CMC, Debo's going to be crucial again yeah absolutely um yeah anyway you gotta be ready <laughs> gotta stay ready ryan good yeah. show Thank what you got going on the rest of the day week year uh i got a show tomorrow at 10 a.m every and friday noon calling show sunday that's my schedule during the off season nothing else today but grinding working selling houses Grinded. beautiful love it all right guys thanks for watching i'll be back at 2 30 with larry hold on Please go back and look at the first games of the season. He scored the first touchdown of our season. Okay. Great player. Very good player. Romelia Sports Report says, regular season Debo nice, but three NFC championships, one TD, 151 yards. Hey, man, Kyle needs to give him the damn ball. Debo's a Ram killer, so I don't know if you should be commenting on that one. <laughs> I'm heading out while we can. Thanks for watching, everyone. Peace.